Hey guys, I'm Nolan. And I'm Lindsay. And we feel called to plant a church in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about planting the garden church. Oh, <laughs> so uh, th- that gives us our first question right away. Like, what is the name of our church? Just so you guys know, we announced at our church uh, a couple Sundays ago that we were uh, prayerfully <laughs> wanting to do this. And i that's the one thing I forgot to say in the first service was <laughs> the name of the actual church. We got off stage. I'm literally whispering to him, you didn't even say the name of the church. <laughs> yeah. And I preach all the time. So I can't imagine like the other things that you would tell me I <laughs> forgot. You know, anyway, so the name of our church is going to be what? The Garden Church. The Garden Church. Why are we going to call it the Garden Church? <laughs> Do you want me to answer that <laughs> you question? You can answer that question. Um, so I had this kind of vision, uh, not like a physical vision, but like a, I don't know, like a theological vision that came into my heart when I was studying Isaiah a number of years ago. And there's this theme over and over of the promise of God to the people of God that God is going to essentially plant a garden in the desert. And it's all these kind of pictures of what is coming in Jesus. And it's this kind of beautiful picture, right? Like we started in a garden where there was the presence of God in the cool of the day that we had intimacy with God. It was a place of life and flourishing it was called Eden, which means paradise or perfection or, or uh, delight. And so like the ideal for humanity is to live in the garden with God. And Isaiah paints this picture of like, Hey, like right now, the situation you guys are in is more like a desert. And in Isaiah 51, 3, we read this promise. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of of song. And so we look at this promise and ultimately it points forward to Jesus, right? Uh, in the in, in the moments after he resurrected from the dead, someone mistakes him for the gardener. And uh, so, so good. It's so cool. It's chilling because he actually, like, even though it's a mistake, like he actually is, mm-hmm. that he is the second Adam, that he is the fulfillment of all the longings of the human heart, that a place of life and flourishing ultimately f- flows from him, that he is our home, that he is our ultimate destiny and that we long for him. And then one day we're going to be in the garden-like city. And so what the vision, like I was actually making coffee a while back thinking, am I really going to call this church the garden if we're moving to Phoenix, Arizona? And it dawned on me that this verse in Isaiah is specifically making this promise to like a people who are in a wasteland, a desert. Mm. And so we are moving to the desert in Phoenix, Arizona to plant the garden. I can't believe it. Yay. (laughs) And so that's kind of the vision behind it. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about, so we are from Portland, Oregon. If you're new to us, welcome to us. Hi. Uh, Maybe actually let's start with this. Can we, can you give us a little background? I might be throwing you off a little bit, but a little background on who we are, what we've been doing with our lives. Like, uh, yeah, for people who don't even know Nolan and Lindsay. Yeah. Well, we grew up in Oregon, grew up in Oregon. We grew up, we We grown up. We done grown up in the Oregons (laughs) where we make lots of jam. Oregon. Um, yeah, you grew up in Gresham. I grew up in Milwaukee. We met, uh, in 2009, Mm -hmm. um, dated for a year, got married and did a little bit of life. And seven years ago, found ourselves back in Gresham. Uh, Wait, back up. Well, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like what our dating life was like. We, oh, we you want, you want like all the details. Okay, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> This isn't a dating podcast. Okay, okay. But those kinds of yeah, details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 
Yeah. So we started dating uh, our dating relationship. We we met you know, on Facebook. We did not meet on Facebook. <laughs> he always says that. We had mutual friends. We'll tell that okay. story in another yeah. episode. So stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Mutual friends. On Facebook. Um, I think we were drawn to serving and we were drawn to just learning and growing. And we were like, you know, trying to figure out, do we go to Bible school? Like, should we get married and go to Bible school? All the things. So we got married and we did not go to Bible school, unfortunately. But we did get involved in ministry. <laughs> but we did very much get involved in ministry. We served in a lot of different capacities, plugged into our church, and we did youth ministry. We did... We opened um, our home. We opened our home and we lived in Oregon City um, on the third story and it was hot. It was the summertime and we decided to have a Bible study in our house and we didn't have any couches. So we, I like Craigslist free couches and we went to this like old upholstery shop in Portland and they had like abandoned horrible couches and the guy was like, take them. So we literally took the worst couches imaginable and people actually sat on them. them. I feel so bad. Like I don't know. One was like pink and one was green. It was just bad. Uh, so, but it was so cool because we just had person after person come and show up and bring their friends and coworkers Mm -hmm. and unbeliever friends and like. There were conversations that were had there that were so meaningful to me and like mm-hmm. and just like ministering to people and answering their questions about Jesus and mm-hmm. who God is. And um, that was the first context that I got to see you teach the Bible, which was really cool for me. Um, I remember you talked about you were like talking through Luke, I think, mm-hmm. like the shepherds or something like that. It was like it was super cool for me. She was uh, like, so that wasn't was that like, dumb. No, I was like, that was I'm amazed so cool. Right yeah. But I think that it started to stir something in us and um we we're like, we want to do something with our lives that has to do with people coming to know Jesus mm-hmm. and like creating something for people to come and know him. So we didn't even know the tr- term church planting. Yeah, then. I don't even we're think like, what if we started like, a church? That's, yeah. So then fast forward, we get married and we went to my friend's uh, dad's church that he had planted in Natomas, California, Sacramento, California. North Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. And uh, NorCal. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, So we went and served there for like a little over a year and just wanted to learn and literally like get eyes on what is a church plant. And like they were kind of in the process of revitalizing their church plant and rebranding mm-hmm. themselves and merging with another church. And it was just really cool to witness and see. And we got pregnant with our first kid. Yeah. So that was the end of that season. <laughs> it was great. No, we moved back home to be with family Yeah. and uh, super stoked about that. But then we found ourselves like, what do we do with our life now? You know? We have a kid. Where is he going to grow up? I was going to school for computer programming. Yep. You were not loving that. No. You were not. I don't know if you were made to do that. I had a 4.0. You were really good at math and like (laughs) all the like weird things like that. I don't know. That's what I remember. I don't prefer it now. Um, So we ended up meeting a guy who's been highly influential in both of our lives named Jason Clark. And uh, he and his wife, Jesse, had um, joined a few families to start a church in Gresham. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we got connected to that church, it was I bet maybe like 100 people or so. Mm-hmm. And we participated in Rise City Church kind of from its in, close to its inception. He mm-hmm. asked me to start the youth group, uh, to which I said no. Mm-hmm. And then he you did. were like... He came home and he was like, Jason asked me to start a youth group. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to. <laughs> He's like, what? I thought you never wanted to move to Gresham. And I was like, yeah, I never want to move to Gresham. But here we are. <laughs> but God. But God. Now no, we're here in the so heartland. Great. Yeah, it's been so great. We've been yep. there for seven years seven now. Seven years. 
And it's just been incredible. I think that you've, you know, served in a lot of different capacities. Like what do youth, you do there? Youth ministry. I serve, I've served a lot with like photo team and social media because I've had little, little ones. So that's allowed me to serve and in babies. ways that I can kind of still be, um, give them my attention. But, um, yeah, I serve in that capacity and I did youth for a while with you at first mm-hmm. and, um, started the youth ministry. We mm-hmm. started the young adult ministry, started rise Academy. I like to start things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been, we've been on the executive team, I've been on the leadership team. Yeah, you teach. I teach. It's been incredible. It's been um, so great. And uh, without being like crazy specific, kind of the round numbers as we watched that church, basically God moved and it grew from like a hundred to like a thousand people mm-hmm. now that are connected to Rise. And so that has been some of the best training and Mm -hmm. also the sweetest family that Mm -hmm. we could have ever asked for. And now we've asked them to move into a new season, a new chapter in the story where they send us out Mm -hmm. to Phoenix, Arizona. And so um, church planting is what is on the horizon where we feel God is leading us now. Um, And so my question for you is why would we move to Arizona? Why Arizona? That's a a great question. Yes. Uh, Well... I mean, we're in Portland and, you know, if you're from Portland, you know that it is, you know, Jesus is much needed here. We need Jesus here. We need Jesus here. And, um, you know, it's very progressive and people are like, that's where Satan's throne is, you know, like. It's the demonic city. It's dark and, you know, yeah. People love dogs more than they love, you know, children. You know, it's offensive if you have a child and you walk through Portland. You're like, I'm sorry, can I just get a coffee? Our carbon footprint is too big. Yeah. Of three. Um, there's like, you know, idols and pagan temples and voodoo donuts and (laughs) (laughs) no sunshine, all the things. It's a good city. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, statistically, I think it's like the 13th. Most unchurched city in the nation. Yeah. And so that's like big, you Mm -hmm. know, but I guess in perspective, uh, Arizona or Phoenix Mm -hmm. happens to be the ninth. Most unchurched city. Which is crazy because you would think like there are maybe more churches or more like large churches in Phoenix. And some of that is actually true. Um, but what's happened, especially since COVID, but what's been really going on for like even 10 years ago is this huge influx of people to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so Phoenix that, and that really that region is a sprawling city that encompasses a lot of the cities. When Even when you say Phoenix, you're talking about like a dozens mm-hmm. of cities over there. And it's become the fastest growing region in the U.S. according to like almost all metrics. And so with more souls, you need more churches. With more people, you need more gospel. gospel. And so that is why per capita there are still less churches. It says simply there are more people all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, There is new growth everywhere. Um, Whenever you contact a network that plants churches and you say, we're going to Phoenix, they're like, Let's call them immediately. And so mm-hmm. we've been in contact with them, partly because it's a high need city. It's mm-hmm. a high, uh, yeah, it's like a high need city for church planting. And so it's a big deal. And I think when people move there, when people move in general, they're, mm. they're kind of looking for what's new for me. What's, yes. where's the new place that I can find community? Where can, you know, what, what can be kind of like a, a steady ground underneath me in this big, like life change season? What gives you that perspective? Uh, what do you mean? Like, why do you know what it's like to move to a new city? Oh, we, well, we've moved to new cities. And, and how was that for you? Yeah, it's crazy because you're totally just like, 
who's going to be my friend? Mm-hmm. You know, where, what places am I going to frequent? What's going to be like my go-to places? And I think it softens you towards people. And like, ultimately I think it softens people towards the gospel and to Jesus. And there's this like soul level disorientation mm-hmm. that yeah prepares the soil of the heart for the seed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. People are looking for community. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's this like, who am I experience Mm -hmm. where your identity is actually shaken. You're like, I used to know who I was Mm because I was embedded in another community and another job and another family. And now I'm here and I'm going like, where is my tribe? Who are my mm-hmm. people? Who am I? Yeah. And so, and what's interesting about Phoenix is because so many people move there, it's like 60% or something like that of the population is all new there. So in some ways by moving there, we'll be some of the best missionaries because we'll have experienced the thing that the majority of the population mm-hmm. also experienced. So yeah. as a missionary, you want to identify with the people. Well, we're identifying with that story. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I can take <laughs> one more second on this, part of the whole idea of the garden is the garden is a picture of a longing for for home, a longing for heaven, a longing for Eden, for paradise. And so even in the name, what we're communicating and articulating to the city full of people who are who moved there because they were like, oh, like it's cheaper there. Oh, I'm moving there because there's more sunshine. Mm-hmm. Or I'm moving there to get a, a bigger house or to, to, to start fresh. They're all longing for home. Mm-hmm. And so even in calling our church the garden, it's this prophetic thing saying, actually, the only home you'll ever truly be satisfied in is in the arms of Jesus. Mm-hmm. In the garden with God. And so... And carne asada. And carne asada. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because there is like a a real strong atheism in Phoenix. It's just a different kind of atheism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently when you have uh, carne asada, street tacos, and like margaritas, you don't need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the story of Phoenix. And so we're coming in to uh, confront that narrative and, and preach the gospel. And so, yeah, Phoenix, Arizona is one of the places, is the place, the region that we feel called to go. Well, and I think another reason, too, is just because it makes sense for us to live mm. there. Like, All right, explain that. You did? No, I said go oh, ahead and explain I that. I thought you said I already explained that. And I was I like, oh, it. I must have blacked out. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> On the other part of this podcast yeah. before you got here. Yeah, well, it makes sense for us because I think that, I mean, I don't imagine us, you know, moving somewhere where, you know, like... East Coast, you know, like to Europe. Speak with a, a how do you do a British accent? I don't know. A cup of tea. Yeah, they, <laughs> what you don't believe in R, or that you don't see your R's or something. Hello. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that doesn't have an R in it, but <laughs> yeah. But we want it to make sense for the person too, because like you yeah. don't want to go somewhere and have like a have our family be completely miserable and like disoriented in a way where we're like whoa, like we don't know how to live here and we don't fit in. And like you say dude too much and they don't like backwards hats and like, you know, all the things like it has to make sense for our family. And I think for us, you know, even having boys, we're like, hey, sunshine all year, like sports will be real good. And like, you know, our kids are down with sunshine. And um, I think it just has a little bit of a West Coast vibe Mm -hmm. still. I mean, and I think that's very much us. Yeah, like imagine me going to the East Coast with my backwards hat and tattoos yeah. and like my gnarly kids and we're skateboarding and they're Long like Island accent. all yeah. educated people and <laughs> University Oxford and I'm just like, what's up guys? I think in another life Welcome you could have done garden. that. Yeah, in another life. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Not this life. we're going somewhere else. <clears throat> all right, so um, the next question we need to address is why would anyone plant a church? Like, aren't there already lots of churches? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of church planting? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also, like, 
for every 75 people, you kind of want mm. like a church, right? Yeah. Is that is that the right math? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The average church in the United States is 75 people or less. Mm-hmm. Um, even larger churches tend to range from like 1,000 to maybe 4,000. Like a, a mega church is anywhere from like 1,000 to mm-hmm. 4,000 uh, people in the mm-hmm. church. And so like if you think of a city as like, I don't know, just throwing out Gresham, not including Sandy, not including, um, you know, Corbett or any of the surrounding cities, Fairview, none of it. It's like 160,000 people. Mm-hmm. So like if the larger churches are a thousand, like you're not, that's a drop in the, in the, in the pool mm-hmm. of like needing to reach a city. We would need, we only have like four churches in our area that even, that are even close to that size mm-hmm. or around that, you know, that size or bigger. And so even this area would need more. So the idea of like there being too many churches mm-hmm. is actually a real misconception Yeah, because you, we're trying to reach a city. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is just theologically, theologically, when you look at the Bible, you're like, well, we're supposed to go make disciples because Matthew 28 basically gives church, the church, capital C and Christians, their mission. It says, Hey, look, Jesus shows up. He's like all authority on heaven and earth have been given to me post resurrection from Mm -hmm. the dead. I am King of the universe. Now, when he says that, you're like, whatever he says next, that's what we go do. And so he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. Teach uh, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So that's like our mission. It's like, go make disciples. But but then what you read as the story goes on in the book of Acts is in accordance or really running after that mission, they go and plant churches all over all of the major world cities mm-hmm. known in that day. And so that is God's methodology is when he says, go make disciples, really his method for the mission of making disciples is church planting. Um, so that's kind of where church planting comes in. For you personally, do you have like, a why, like even just kind of thinking the story of what we've seen at Rise, mm-hmm. like why church planting is a big deal. Yeah. I just think, um, gosh, we've witnessed so many people just have their whole life turned upside down mm-hmm. and the trajectory of their families completely, you know, changed because they've come under, well, you know, the rule and reign of Jesus in their life. Mm. And I think it's just so beautiful. I think that we've seen people, you know, callings and giftings that they've had in them come out because we're a church that wants to call that out of people and see them raise up to be leaders in their own city and invite their unbeliever friends and family to, you know, walk through the doors of our church. And I think what's beautiful about, you know, even our current church in particular is like, you do see so many people who have either like wounds from church back in the day or Mm -hmm. have never even stepped foot in a church walk through. And I think there's so many opportunities for them to serve and learn and grow well, and like and go from like zero Jesus, yes. zero church to like 100 yeah. for Jesus and serving in the church yeah. as a leader. Like the other day, if I can share a quick story, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you have any examples of this kind of thing, but for me, I went back. I was having a hard week, just like a rough week, and I was feeling down. And I went back at the end of Young Adults, which happens on Friday nights, and I saw Anthony in the prayer area during mm-hmm. worship. Like, so the music's going and I'm like, I need prayer. I'm going to go back there and be prayed for as a mm-hmm. brother in the church. And I, I do. 
and Anthony's back there. And this is what I got to say about Anthony. For months, two, three years ago, he was coming to our young adults group, which was like 12 people who met in a coffee shop we rented. Mm -hmm. And he was this skeptical Mm non-Christian kid. He was just like, I'm not about this Jesus thing. But like you guys give free coffee are actually kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So we'll hang Even out. Even all throughout COVID, he still tuned in. We were on Zoom. It was awful. And he, <laughs> but he even wouldn't show his face. Like it was like the black screen and it just said like Anthony Ferguson or whatever, uh, you know, and he just was there. We knew he was there, but there was no comment, you know, very, very few right. comments, but he still showed up. He was curious. He was just part of it. Yeah. He was part of it. Skeptical seeking. And I remember he comes to me one day after COVID and has, or, you know, when we're, we're going to gather and stuff like that as a small group and he pulls up his shirt and I was like, Whoa, what's going on here? And he has this huge purple, like mark across his belly. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what is that from? And he goes, I got in a car accident and he starts to explain the story that he was inches away from death when he accidentally pushed the gas and like moved forward just a couple of like one foot. And when the police came, they were like, dude, do you realize that if like you were one foot back, you would be dead right now based on the angles of everything. You were a foot away from death. And he was like trying to explain to them, like I accidentally tapped the the gas one foot exactly. And there we go, okay, buddy. And he was like, God used that moment to convey to him that he was God and he he, he had preserved his life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, so it is Anthony gets saved, gets baptized. Like I baptize him. Like it's such a spe- special moment. He goes on, joins Bible study, participates in the church years later now, like I'm going back for prayer and big old teddy bear. Anthony just <laughs> envelops me into his, like his, his, his comfy bosom <laughs> and like nestles me there. And I'm like, whoa. And he just starts praying this most beautiful, mm-hmm. biblically sound prayer just over my life. And I'm in tears. And he's wondering like, why is this cat in tears right now? And I'm like, dude, I'm not crying because I've had a hard week. Like I'm weeping right now because of like the life change that has taken place and who you've become in Jesus. Sorry, long story. It's great. But, um, I want to see that kind of stuff again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if stories come mm-hmm. to mind for you. I'm people. like, I'm having a hard time like thinking of something specific because there's just so many. But I think, yeah, just the beauty of seeing so many lives altered mm-hmm. because of Jesus and like how it ricochets to other people. Well, you, know, you know, tell the story a little bit of like why a church like Rise, why Rise specifically got planted. Like, what was that? What do you mean exactly? Like, like, give me who did God call? Like, what mm, was that? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, like, Jason, our lead pastor at Rice, he, you know, he's from the Bay Area mm-hmm. and had, a, you know, like a thing on his heart, to, a burden to plant a church. And he came up here for Bible school mm-hmm. in Multnomah, at Multnomah, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think his just burden to do that and to stay in Portland and to actually do it and meet people and all these things, like, look what it is now. And like, there's like a thousand people having yeah. their lives change yeah. with dozens of team leads yeah. and group leaders and all these because someone very wanted to plant called a church. Yeah. people who got called out by a guy who mm-hmm. was like some kid in the Bay area that got called up to Portland yeah. and then eventually to plant a church. So, so cool. All right. So, um, let's talk just, so I just want to um, kind of end with a couple of things. So we'll talk in future episodes about a few things. One, we're going to... Sounds gonna t- so official. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Episode. Wow. Episode two. 
Um, so we'll talk in future episodes about updates. Like I want you guys to kind of track with this mm-hmm. story, like what happens as things unfold. Number two, um, oh, and actually it is fun to follow this story. Like even if you like, I don't know, like for whatever reason you're following us, I would encourage you to track with us because following the story of a church plant is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I remember getting email updates. Like I met this random church planner from SoCal and he like would send me his emails and I was on the email list mm-hmm. and they would send pictures you know, of like what was happening from zero to like them actually having a church and stuff. And it was fun to track with the mm-hmm. story. I followed it for years just because it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so for you guys, like we want to provide that. We want you to be part of this story. We want it to be your story. Um, we're going to talk about all the fine de- details of methodology, like what kind of church will this be? Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about timeline. Like what is the phase of church planting? We'll talk about like what a zero year is and phase one and phase two and launch and like all the details on that so that you can kind of like understand what you do when you church plant. We're going to talk about networks. Like right now I'm in relationship with a couple of different networks trying to decide on what church planting network to be mm-hmm. part of. I want you guys to like hear those fun updates mm-hmm. and like, oh my gosh, now they're a church part of this network or whatever. Um, and then, um, yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, let's just end with something fun for this episode because yeah. we're running out of time and there's a trucks driving giant past. Giant truck driving by. Giant trucks. <laughs> um, so what is one thing that we'll miss about Portland? Ooh, such a good question. It's funny because you came up with that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cats out of the bag. That was what? my question. Um, gosh, I didn't even think of my answer. Um, one thing I'll miss about Portland is, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm like a fall girl. Like the thought of like, maybe there won't be fall in Arizona. I mean, of course there'll be fall, but like, it won't be like Oregon fall, you know? No. No? <laughs> There's not going to be fall. <laughs> like, you know, sweater weather and like. the Like br- their fall is yeah. equivalent to our summer. Yeah. Like I love the like, you know, it's summer and then September, Halloween and then like Guardians. Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then it's horrible from like January to July again. It's just the worst. But and I then you're excited again. Yeah, with summer I think hits. there's something like about that that I'll miss a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of an answer for this. One thing I'll miss about. Well, I think ultimately we're gonna miss the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trump, so. my answer. Gosh. Yeah. I'm just trying to make you feel bad. <laughs> yes, like we will miss husband. so many people. Yeah. Like I will. <laughs> I want to like call certain people. I'm gonna miss our church. I'm gonna miss the leadership team at our church. I'm gonna miss my young adults. I'm gonna miss our youth. I'm going to miss everybody here. Mm-hmm. I will miss some Portlandy things. I know people in Gresham don't want to hear it, but like there are some good restaurants in Portland. I'm going to miss them. Mm-hmm. You know, good coffee, coffee culture. There's mm-hmm. hardly coffee. Well, there is some hipster coffee yeah, shops. I'm sure we'll find downtown. them. Yeah. But there is a strong presence up here. I'm going to miss that. Mm-hmm. The coffee is strong in Portland. It's a coffee. One. It's the world's greatest coffee per bear. Mm. One thing you'll be ex- you are excited about in Arizona. What are you excited about? Um, gosh, just sunshine. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the seasons. Yeah, but I'm not gonna miss the I seasons. I mean, I think that yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Mm, I'm looking forward to. Well, we found some cool taco places while we were down there. Yeah. I like floating rivers. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of kids playing outside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I, I like newness. 
I yeah. like to experience mm-hmm. like having to meet new people. Like I'm excited. Like one of the gnarly things we'll share in a future episode is like how we're going to play in a church. And I'm literally going to have to like walk up to strangers all <laughs> day long for certain days of the week and be like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, Hey, what's up with you? I'm like, yeah. So but what do we, you do? But we did that when we lived in Sacramento and mm-hmm. there's literally like dude from Panera that was like a manager. <laughs> that was like where we didn't have internet. And yeah. so we'd go to Panera to like, we did all, I was doing online school and you'd have to get stuff done. You just have to And we just became buddies people. with like the manager of Panera just because we were like, we have no friends. Hi. We, you know, we You're come here every day. You're to be a missionary. And we it's still, rad. I think you still like follow him oh, and yeah. he follows you on Instagram and like, we'll yeah. still like, yeah, it's just funny. There's greatness can happen with fun little networking uh, conversations. I love it. I'm excited. So I'm already meeting a bunch of people on Zoom. They, it's fun. All right, and then um, lastly, how can people support us? Um, I'll just share three things. One, you can give. Uh, we aren't fully set up yet, but when we give the update on what network we're partnering with, they're going to give us a 501c3 umbrella, and that will come with like a link, hey, give to the Garden Church. Um, right now, there are already people like straight up giving. There's crazy stories happening. Even today, mm-hmm. we had somebody give thousands of dollars saying like, we believe in what's happening. God gave us a vision to give to this, and so we're giving to it. And it's so been cool. crazy how generous God's people are mm-hmm. and how God is moving. Um, and that, I mean, I legit cried and almost threw up. Mm-hmm. Like, not even joking. I, I was on the phone I with thought someone friend. died. I thought someone died because of his face. It was I like, was nauseous. Whoa. I was like, yeah. I can't receive. No, we can't do that. Actually, we have to because the kingdom. Yeah. So, um, cool. and then number two, networking is like a huge thing right mm-hmm. now. Just these are the t- two most practical starting off with that. Um, networking is huge because I need to meet hundreds of people. And so I'm literally having Zoom meetings. We're having Zoom meetings with random people that you know down there. If you know people down there, let us know and we will meet with them. We will talk to them on the phone. I want to know everyone I can down there. And then lastly is prayer. And this is our conviction. Prayer is the most important essential ingredient in this entire thing. Prayer changes things. God goes before us and we need to pray into that. And so we're trusting in the sovereignty of God and we are desperate for your prayers. Uh, We are gonna include a link to an email chain on our link in bio. And I'm sure there's other ways on Instagram. I don't really know. Um, All that say like, follow this email chain because what it does is allows us to send the story and the updates uh you know month over month so Mm -hmm. all right guys that is all we got thanks any parting words i I don't know how do you end a podcast see you next time see you next time (laughs) with the jaded it's great